Hi, welcome to my channel. My name is Lisa Allistway, and I create fun, inspirational, and informational videos you can use and apply to your life. Today's topic is virtual communication and how to connect to others. But before we begin, please hit the subscribe button. Okay, let's get into it. It is my honor to introduce today's guest, who is Mark Bowden, and he is a leading expert on human behavior and body language. He has trained thousands of people around the world on how to win trust and gain credibility every time they speak. He has written three books, Winning Body Language for Sales Professionals, Tame the Primitive Brain, 28 Ways in 28 Days to Manage the Most Impulsive Behaviors at Work, and his latest book is Truth and Lies, What People Are Already Thinking. Finally, you may recognize uh, Mark from his very famous TED Talk, The Importance of Being Inauthentic, which we will get into later. Or maybe you've seen him on the very popular YouTube channel, The Behavioral Panel, which is a personal favorite of mine. Mark, would you like to add anything else to that with regards to your background or experience? Oh, I think that was a great introduction. I think the thing to pay attention to is what I'm most interested is in human behavior, body language, how we influence and persuade with that, how you can use your nonverbal communication on purpose in order to stand out, to win trust, to gain credibility, to get more of some of the things you want by being purposeful in your communication. Okay, excellent. Uh, you also have a communication training company called Truth Plane, that's P-L-A-N-E. Um, I'll link the website down below. Can you tell us a little bit about your company as well as the method? Yeah, so again, we help people all over the world to stand out, to win trust, to gain credibility every time they speak. We do that via creating video training. I show up live for keynotes and training. I do now a lot of keynotes and training via video, just like this. And again, what we're helping people with is how they can use their communication in a very purposeful way in order to stand out and to win trust, to be credible in some of their most important business uh, situations that they're in. So that's what we're up to. Okay, excellent. Um, the first thing I'd like to touch on is your TED Talk. Again, it was titled The Importance of Being Inauthentic, which is a real catcher because you would do a double take because we should all be authentic, not be inauthentic. Um, but let's kind of break it down a little bit. You start off with uh, in the video talking about that we are designed to be indifferent to each other. And that goes back to our primitive brain which I like to call our monkey brain. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, so our, our monkey brain, as you as you call it, isn't quite as evolved as a monkey, as we would <laughs> hope, as a, as a social mammalian brain or that limbic brain. Our most primitive brain is, I often refer to it as the reptilian brain. It's, it's about, in evolutionary terms, it's around about 500 million years old. It's pretty basic. Often it's called the, the, the base stem or the basal ganglia, or, you know, there's a lot of different ideas around what to break it down into. But ultimately, it's running a very simple system of how you make some of your fastest, quickest decisions around whether you should approach a situation or avoid it, whether there is going to be risk or reward. It mainly does that by looking at visual images, hearing sounds, uh, you know, visual images often that aren't even in color, kind of black and white 
visual images, patterns of movement. It's a pattern recognition system that quickly decides unconsciously whether you should approach a situation or avoid it. And in terms of us socially, as human beings, as social mammals, before we've even got to the idea of uh, whether somebody should be part of our kind of monkey group or not, we're already deciding whether they're gonna be useful for us. Okay, your reptilian brain, your primitive brain is in it for you. Mine is in it for me. My social mammalian brain is in it for us or what I perceive to be, you know, my most valuable group or my groups that I belong to. And so you're walking down the street and your instinct quickly decides out of the, you know, 7.6 or so billion people on the planet that you might be meeting that day, it quickly decides, is this person a friend to me? Is there value in them? Are they a threat to me? Is there a risk around them? Are they a potential mate to me? Could we procreate? Would our genetic code be really good together? And if none of those three, then we are indifferent to each other. And so the default tends to be, well, is indifference because 7.6 billion people on the planet. If you were walking down the street and your default, no other data is always friend, every day would be the biggest family reunion you've ever been to. You'd never get on with your day. If the default, uh, no other data, okay, I would just make everybody my enemy, you would be in a extreme paranoid state. You might know people who often enter into that state. And that is often happening in that with, with an overstimulation of that, that brainstem for a whole bunch of, of different reasons. Uh, you might uh, make everybody a potential sexual partner. Again, difficult to get on with your day like that. You're gonna get a lot of people rebuffing you as well, totally annoyed with you. Uh, you know, you might end up in some kind of institution around that. And then last possibility is you make, you make everybody indifferent you're not bothered with them and that is your default and that is authenticity to you yeah and, and i think we're seeing more indifference in today's society because of our smartphones and technology we're not even looking up at each other it's becoming even we're because we're looking down we're signaling your indifference right well i mean the thing is i'm not sure whether we're seeing any more of that because you were indifferent to to the majority of the eight point you know seven point six billion people on the planet before this ever came along it's it just yeah. it just this exactly. helps you filter it even quicker because okay? yeah. you know you have your friends and your family on this anyway so mm -hmm. why would you why would you look up the people in your most important group, the people who, if they disappeared out of your life, it would be tough to live. You, you're a social mammal, so you need other people around you. Yeah, all of that stuff I can see in your environment there was made by other people, okay? And, it, and, and you might not know those people, but it was probably bought with some kind of finance that it, it, you, it wasn't just you that created the, the, the ability to make that finance. You were supported by others. Others uh, supported you. You supported others in order to create the world around you. You're a social mammal. So, so, um, so you, you now hold those people, not only in your home with you, but on this device here. So why would you ever look up there's no there's no authentic reason to do that <laughs> you make a strong case um so let's touch on it you know the main message of your ted talk was to be inauthentic not mm -hmm. authentic can you go, go into that a little bit yeah so um 
it is it's your first nature to to break people down into these four categories and you're most likely to be indifferent to people which means that you will miss a whole bunch of great opportunities because people don't trigger you immediately with that friend category and you're not triggering other people with that friend category but then you walk around going yeah I didn't really want to talk to that person because it didn't feel right Mm -hmm. no you were just indifferent to them Uh, your brain is not going to trigger you to spend the time with somebody who you're initially indifferent to because they don't trigger you with any of the primal indicators of um of of worth of value and trigger your approach response. So you, so the authentic you lives in a bit of a bubble uh, and a bubble that is, is an echo chamber as well. You live with people and you're around people who are most like you, yeah. okay? And that's why you like them because they're like you. Yeah. And, and you dislike people who are not like you, which means again, that your the authentic you that feels really good about itself and feels like I'm doing the right thing by not talking to that person, mm-hmm. it misses out on a huge amount of the of the universe of human beings out there that could be really interesting. Uh, now they could be really annoying to you <laughs> as well. And what happens is when they when they get annoying for us, um, certainly one of the modern ideals we put up, up on them is. Uh, I think that they annoyed me because they weren't being authentic. So we use this idea of authenticity as a kind of a moral um, shaming mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Rather like in medieval days, people might have said, I don't think they're really godly enough. Uh, They would they would equate the idea of a good person with some kind of uh, deity and moral encoding. Mm -hmm. Whereas now we go, I don't think they're very authentic and again it's 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 as nebulous as a deity because because we can't tell if anybody's being authentic or not that's up to you to decide only you know that nobody else can tell you that anyway I hope that makes sense to you Lisa yeah yeah I mean just kind of like at the meat and the heart of your message is that we should be anything but indifferent and we have to go against our own comfort zone uh because being authentic if I was authentic I'd probably be wearing a t-shirt right now you know right go against maybe what we want to do and so that inauthentic being inauthentic in this regard is a good uh, tip and strategy well look if if i was being authentic i would not even be on this camera right now oh i appreciate being inauthentic well yeah because because otherwise lisa why you know i don't know i don't know you know you listening right now watching this right now i don't know you where who are you where are you you know what is it what do you matter to me but what I've done is gone okay I'll put some care into this moment because you know who knows what will happen who knows maybe we'll get on who knows somebody watching this will be interested in in this um you know some of you may have already gone I I don't like what he's saying I don't like his philosophy I don't like his value structure I don't like when he said you know authenticity is as nebulous as a god you might you might have switched off right away and gone I'm not I'm not in into that but you know hey give it a go give it a go try it out see what happens you know, yeah. and you might, and because I've said things that don't quite fit for you, maybe you've put some kind of 
moral stamp on me and gone, I don't think he's quite right, or I don't think he's educated enough, or maybe he doesn't understand, or, you know, there might be a framework that you've, you've put me in. And that is you being authentic, or maybe just comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's maybe more comfortable for you to say, I, I don't agree, rather than look into it. I'm trying to be a little more uncomfortable and go, okay, I'll, I'll show up for this and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it definitely feeds into our cancel culture and not giving people an opportunity to really explain or dive dive in to understand. We just want to take snatch judgments about people and write them off, you know? Yeah, so intolerance happens on both sides, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know? And so so one of the things you can do in order to train your instincts to be more tolerant is suspend judgment, okay? So the moment you... Because uh, we all we, we we all are a part of cancel culture. Even when we go, I wish I could cancel cancel culture. Well, you're just <laughs> canceling the cancelers. It's like we should ban that. We should ban that. No, you're just canceling the cancelers. That's all you're doing. You're just joining in. Actually, when you start doing that, I think cancel culture should be banned. It's not right. It's not good. You're just joining in. You have more in common with that cancel culture. That's just, you're just comfortable with the idea of rather than being tolerant around intolerance. And that's a whole, you know, there's a whole bunch of arguments around, around how you must never be tolerant of intolerance. And that's a good, you know, that's a good discussion in itself. Um, But how tolerant can you be? You know, what is your, what is that tolerance level? Anyway. Excellent. Okay, so let's move into uh, best t- best techniques for virtual communication and connecting with each other online. Mm. Um, I kind of like to just start off with what kind of messages are we sending when we initially connect with somebody online, virtually? Yeah. So, um, so we kind of we kind of grew up around two dimensional representations of human beings on screens around television. Yeah, that was one of our first inter- introductions, maybe cinema, but more likely in the home, television. And television, you don't interact with. Yeah, you choose a show which is provided to you, whether it's news or documentary or drama or comedy. You choose it and you can't go, hang on, I want to join in on this. Or let me add something to that, or let me have some fun with you, or here's the news from where I am. I, I understand you're telling me the news from your perspective. Here's the news from my perspective. So what tends to happen is, is when we get on a, a meeting with people via video, we get triggered into being passive consumers of what they're there to deliver to us. Whoever made the meeting, you mm-hmm. kind of, okay, I'll just be a passive consumer of of that and we don't become active contributors and and conversationalists because this is only really useful for conversation Mm -hmm. because if it was you know if this was really about you just hearing from me Lisa you would just send me uh send me questions and I'd just make you video Mm -hmm. and go and go okay there you go but what makes this more interesting is if you react if you're a contributor to what I'm saying, because then it makes sense. Like, like, like if you came down and you sat on the sofa, because you're in my home right now. I, my guess is I'm in your home right now. Welcome yeah. to my personal space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is where I live, and uh, that's where you live. And we've never met each other before. 
you're in my home right now. That's pretty special. Yeah. (laughs) You're a stranger. Okay. You're a stranger. And I've gone, come on in. Mm-hmm. sit down now it'd be super weird if that if you as a stranger just sat down and didn't say anything to me and didn't give me your opinions didn't go here's what I'm thinking or react to what I'm saying that would be weird and unconversational it would just be me delivering my viewpoint at yeah. you well that's the problem with this it yeah. easily turns into that it is easily antisocial mm-hmm. and not social. Anyway, what do, you, what do you think to what I said there, Lisa? Yeah, no, I think it's great. Um, we definitely are living in very odd times. I mean, we've escalated this whole online world and where we have to like meet strangers online for the first time and talk and we're all just kind of learning as we go. Um, and so what are some of the tips that you would give? I, I mean, I've done my own like little research on this. Uh, for example, you know, they want to show this much of your body, right? Mm. And I noticed on your, the behavior p- panel, there's four guys and yeah. you're always off to the side. You're never yeah. in the center of the screen. Why do you do that? Yeah. So uh, if you look at the, at the room that I'm in right now and the way the camera is, is angled means that there is a, what we call a vanishing point in the image, which uh, best way to describe it is for me to, to point at uh, the line that the top of the sofa is making there and the line that this um, this wood carving is making there and there and the lines at the top there from the ducting, if you were to join those lines, they would end around about here, which means that your eye is always drawn over to here. So, for example, if I move myself into this part of the, of the image, I'm pretty much centered. Do you notice where your eye goes to? Yeah, the, the art piece. Yeah, yeah. So it goes over to the over to sorry this side, and then it starts going along those lines, and it probably ends over in this blank space here. So I'm so even when I'm big in the frame, it's difficult to make me the focus because your eye gets drawn to the vanishing point. That's the nature of human beings. We're always we're looking for the vanishing point, looking for the distance, the horizon, because we want to know what's coming over the horizon. So there's a part of your brain going, what's coming over the horizon? What's about to come? You're trying to find the horizon, essentially. I'm placing myself right in the horizon. Now, it's different for different rooms. Sometimes the vanishing point might be dead in the center. For this room, it isn't. And that's why I place myself here. It looks better. Am I in my vanishing point? Yes, you are. If you look at the... um, people will be able to see the cupboard that you've got or wardrobe or whatever it is over the side bookcase. I can't quite see because it's behind my camera. Um, Yeah. Uh, If you drew, if you took those lines, I guarantee it's ending somewhere around your, your eye uh, furthest away from it somewhere around, around there. And one of those bull horns is then pointing into your head so so it brings our eye into the center there yeah that would be better uh no 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 you go great where you are okay great that's great yeah okay um what kind of tips would you give for connecting online since we're so we all know the cons of being and the pros and cons of uh, virtual communication so what would you give as far as tips to people who are meeting online yeah, okay. Um, here, here's what you need to 
Look, we, we connect via value systems. That's how we socially connect, working out uh, like number one, does somebody live in our geographical location? If they do, they're more important than people who don't because there's more perceived power, okay? If you live in the same location as me, yeah, I need to look out for you more and I need to know you're looking out for me more because you're in my direct territory, okay? Now, we don't have that value collect connection because at the moment we're on camera. Okay, so my brain instantly goes, well, this person isn't in the same room with you. They're not on the street with you. They're not. And uh, and we've already talked. I, I already know you, you're somewhere in, in Texas. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, so so I know that's that's kind of going on. So part of my brain goes, yeah, what does Lisa matter? She doesn't live in the same geographical location as me, um, lives in a whole different part of the world. Mm, I can be indifferent can be totally indifferent mm -hmm. around that. Now, that means I've now framed you as not important, mm -hmm. which means it's going to be tough for me to unconsciously contribute to this in a valuable way because I've already framed you as not mattering. Yeah. So I need, now need to reframe that and connect with you better. So I'm going to use the environment around you yeah, to find out what your value system might be and therefore try and connect um connect with 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 that so I'm, I'm i'm curious i see the uh the the picture in the background there which is fan fantastic great great image but i'm curious tell, tell me a little bit about about that why do you choose that it's so it's a highland cow and i don't know if you can see a picture he's got a lot of hair down yeah i figure if i was ever a cow reincarnated one it might look like them we have similar hair um right but I, every time I look at it, it reminds me of my trip to Montana and uh, one of the best places I think I've ever been. And wow. I just love the photo. It just brings me, brings me joy, makes me happy. Yeah. What, what, so I'm interested. So I've never been to Montana. What did, what did you love most about it? Wide open spaces, the yeah. mountains, um, the people. Uh, it's just gorgeous and unique. And uh, they have national parks there. Yellowstone National Park is there. Uh, Glacier National Park is there. Um, it's just a unique, beautiful place. Wow. You're close being in Canada. Yeah, well, I was just going to say the same thing, that uh, I've never been there. But we do, in Ontario, we have wide open spaces. They're a little flatter. But obviously, as you then get out to, like, the Rocky Mountains, and my guess is it gets it gets more similar to those wide open spaces uh, yeah. that, you, that you're talking about about yeah. there so now do you see how quickly i've got you talking about your value system wide open spaces and do you do you hear what happened to your voice and your body expanded on that mm -hmm. you started telling talking to me in a very different way than you've been yeah. talking to me before because i started to get into the system that runs your behaviors, your value system, what you think is most important, okay? Wide open spaces are more important for you than enclosed yeah. spaces, yeah. okay? And, and you're, I saw your, your eyes pop over to one side and check that out for yourself and go, oh, okay, yeah, let me just, let me just check out that data to see, to see, to check the accuracy of yeah. that. Now I could take you further down a, down a, a route here which is, uh, so I asked you first of all, what do you love most about Montana? You know, because you'd moved from the cow, 
talked a little <laughs> bit about hair and I could have gone down that route. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you seem to get most energized around linking that to Montana. So I say, so I said, what do you love most about Montana? I used a feeling word to try and get you more emotional around it. Because if I can get you emotional around it, you might, you might forget because you're in that emotion that you're telling me some code about your value system. Mm -hmm. And so you went into wide open spaces and now I can, I can go a little bit deeper on this and see how you respond to this is, so I'm just curious that, that wide open spaces are so important to you. Like what is, in your mind, what does that say about you? Um, I think because I grew up in the country that takes me back to my roots. Um, currently I live in the city and it's yeah. crowded, crowded and loud. And yeah. um, every time I get out of the city, I feel more at peace and happy. Right, right. So, you know, I want people to go back on this bit of video here and I okay. want you to write down all the things that Lisa told us about what's important to her. And when I said to her that you, uh, that you value these wide open spaces, that you love those, uh, in your mind, what do you think that says about you? I, I was asking for self-reflection and then you would have noticed that Lisa went a little bit quiet, okay, as she searched around in her mind in order to, to think about herself. And then she came up with, again, a whole bunch of data around what's most important to her in her own view of herself, which is, so tell me this, Lisa, when was the last time anybody asked you to think about yourself and tell them the thoughts that you have about yourself. Oof. I think I had to pay a therapist for that. Yeah. <laughs> but look how quickly you did it with me. Ah. Yeah. 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 So, so on the whole, people never get asked to self-reflect. Mm. They never get asked, hey, just think about yourself for a moment and tell me what your thoughts are about yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, I very, very quickly took you down that, that route. What I would say to people, because, you know, we started this based on the idea of how do you connect with people? That's how you connect with people. Now, we all do it consciously and unconsciously. Yeah, some yeah. of the time, we never tend to do it that rapidly. Mm -hmm. Somebody who is skilled in this, uh, and, and you, you might put me in that category, uh, I'll try and do it really rapidly like I did it there without saying to anybody, here's what's going to happen to you. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to rapidly do, do uh, a, a, a very, what we call quick set intimacy. I'm yeah. going to get very intimate with you very, very quickly in such a way that you don't really notice. And it yeah. feels, it feels kind of good. Yeah. And you would get even more information if we were face to face and not online, because you're only seeing chest up. You don't know what my hands are doing. You don't know what my feet are doing. My legs are doing. You would get even more uh, right. information from the body than you do the face. Is that correct? Yeah. So, so here's what I am looking in terms of reading the body language. I am looking for what you get most energized around. I'm going, uh, you know, uh, Lisa was talking like this for a bit and then it all changed. Yeah. And when it changed, here's the subject she started talking about. In this case, it was Montana. So I want people to go back on the video and go and look at what happens. Look at what happens when Lisa starts talking about Montana. Because that's when I went, well, I could talk about hair, 
Yeah. So I could go down the down down the, the route of hair, and I yeah. and I was going to go down that route, and then you took me to Montana, and things started because I I've only gone down the route around hair because you started doing lots of illustrators yeah. around that. There was lots of descriptions, so I'm like, oh, okay, her brain's really interested in in that kind of idea. Okay, I can go down that route. And then when you started talking about Montana, you opened right up and you in the and the and the tonality changed. And then I went, okay, that's what I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go for Montana. Now it's a gamble, it's a guess, but I'm looking in terms of the body language for a dramatic change. Mm -hmm. Because what I'm thinking is there's an emotional state in there. And if I can get into that, then that will overwhelm. And you won't know you're telling me the things that you're telling me about your value system. Yeah. And, 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 and all that. And, and, and that is useful because I can't see other parts of your body. They just don't show up on the camera as it's positioned now. And also I'm not in the same geographical location as you. If, if, if I'd have, if we did this and I'd have flown to Texas. Mm -hmm. Hey, so imagine, imagine Lisa, you gone, Mark, will you, will you be on my show? Um, And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you went, so we're going to do this in Texas. And I went, okay, okay, let's do this in Texas. I got on a plane, okay, and came to Texas. What, when this interview stopped, okay, or before this interview, if I'd have flown to Texas, what, what would have happened, do you think? We would meet and we would have yeah. a conversation. <laughs> yeah, but be like, I'd just show up to your house and for the for the hour. Oh, no, you and, probably wouldn't come to my house. We'd meet okay. somewhere else publicly. <laughs> okay, so probably be, be be public. But I've flown all the way to Texas. Yeah. Okay, and you, you and I've flown all the way to Texas. You're just going to meet me for an hour? Um, no, I'd meet you as long as you want for the day. Ah, okay, so that's the difference, isn't it? Now I've made the investment your social mammalian brain goes, I owe Mark. Mm. Okay. And now you go, you'd have gone, Hey Mark, do you want to go out for, should we go out for dinner the night before? Uh, do you want to meet my, you know, uh, meet my partner, uh, friends, family, like I'll get a whole group together. You would have engaged me with a bigger social group in a social situation. And I would have learned over that period of what was most of value to you and who was most important to you here. I've got to do it rapidly mm-hmm. because, because there isn't so much social, there isn't so much investment of resource and therefore there isn't so much time with you. Right. And I guarantee after this interview had been done, you know, after this is done, we'll probably, we'll probably just go, okay, good to see you. Thanks very much. And off we go. Yeah. If I had to come to Texas, You'd maybe be saying, hey, so how are you going to get to the airport? You know, can I make sure you get to the airport? Okay, you know, I mean, next time you're here, I got to show you around even more. Mm -hmm. You would be trying to engage me with your with your social group, though I might not entirely fit your value system. You'd be trying to cram me into that value system Mm -hmm. because of the investment that I'd made in that you would you would owe me here. Easy in, easy out. It was so easy for us to get on this call. It's so easy for us to get out. So it's going to be very easy for us to leave this call not knowing anything about each other. I already know how much you value those wide open spaces, the peace that comes with that, you know, the quiet that comes with that. Because I know where you live. Now you gave me a a slow blink on that, the peace. (laughs) And the quiet. So that was the blink of acceptance. You went, yeah, you got it right. Okay. Exactly. And, and, 
so now I know some of some of what the values that are in your approach and avoid uh, response because uh, I know it must be it must be you know hard work for you living in it's quite is it quite a busy area that you now live yeah, in then to downtown Houston yeah. right which is pretty busy yeah yeah well yeah. I mean COVID it's a little less you know people working from home more uh, but still I mean we're opening up as you know the state and so on but yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, if there was no, if there was no constraints around you, you know, nothing holding you anywhere or or um, or reasoning behind anything, where where would you be living right now? We'll go with Bozeman, Montana. Okay. <laughs> and is that is that is that kind of where you grew up then? No, 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 no. That's where oh. I visited. Oh. Came okay. Um, no, I grew up in Texas. I mean. So. Oh, okay. Hey, that's, that's very different then, isn't it? I mean, it, where you grew up in Texas, is that very different from Bozeman, Montana? Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> I grew up in uh, Central and West Texas, and West Texas is very flat. Uh, Montana, again, is green, mountainous, lake, stream. Yeah. I mean, it's a postcard when you're up in Montana. Wow. How are the, how are the people different? Actually, Texas Texans are friendly, and and so so are Montanans. So yeah. similar culture in that way. Yeah. So it really, is just the environment for you that really draws you there. The nature and yeah. 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 yeah amazing. So again, notice how we're quickly getting into. I'm checking out whether whether it is just the environment that draws you in there, whether it's something in the nature of the people that draws you back to there, because I was interested, okay, so you grew up in Texas, but Montana is the draw. Is it something about the culture? Is it something about the people? Is it, are you more comfortable in that? Because I would know that if you're changing, changing social groups, mm -hmm. okay, that's pretty painful to do. You grew up in Texas, but you want to be in Montana. Like yeah. that's, the, that's a hard draw to, to, to deal with you know changing groups is is expensive so you know look this is i hope this is helping people understand that when you ask questions and you get into more conversation with people people might count this as small talk and it totally is but it's that small talk that incisive small talk that will help you understand what's driving somebody mm -hmm. okay and if you can understand what's driving them you can attach some of the things that are important to you that you might want from them to that driving system and therefore it's more likely that they will engage with with what you want most because now you know what they want, want most i know you'd love to be in in montana <laughs> definitely definitely well that was super helpful um i do appreciate your time and your attention and meeting me uh if you are ever in texas or houston let me know uh i sure. feel like we've already made a connection well yeah it will feel like that because yes. that's that's what it's that's quick set intimacy that's what it's designed yeah. designed to do but it's not only more helpful helpful to you it's helpful to me because now i know that, that we can be connected i know what we can connect on i certainly love wide open spaces i mean i'm downtown toronto so I, just like you i don't get a lot of wide open space you've got to go a long way to yes. get get out of the city yes well if you liked this video, please leave a comment below. Um, we would love to hear your feedback. And as always, like and subscribe. And thank you so much again for your time and your attention uh, and being with us in this video. And Mark, I can't tell you enough about how much I appreciate you not being different and also not being authentic and meeting <laughs> me here. My pleasure. It's been great fun. Okay, thank you.